Welcome back to Bridging the Distance, a Project Refine special dedicated to bridging the gap in today's social distancing. Today we have a very important topic, talking about anxiety, depression, and medication, and when it's right for you and when it's not right for you. It's something on a lot of people's minds. Before we begin, it seems appropriate to talk about the devastation throughout our country these days. The death toll currently stands at approximately 40,000 people. Wow, that's a lot of families, a lot of people. Over half a million people today in this moment are dealing with the tragic loss of a loved one. Our hearts go out to all of those people, all of their friends, all of their family, and we understand this is a very difficult time. So you are not alone, we are with you. And this episode today is for everyone, those who are going through tragedy and grief, as well as those who are not firsthand experiencing it, but maybe they're front line, maybe they are just stuck at home and experiencing all kinds of depression and anxiety. There is no one who doesn't feel some fear and anxiety around what we're going through with the isolation and with the stay-at-home orders. Dr. Debbie is here to talk to us about that nagging question many of us wonder about. Is this the time to start medication? Is it appropriate for me right now? Is this the right time to think about adding that to my life? Those are big questions a lot of people are dealing with, and Dr. Debbie is here to help sort it out for us. Hello, Dr. Debbie. Good morning, Stephanie. Yes, I think this is a really timely topic. My phone has been ringing off the hook about medicine, medicine, medicine. Is this a time for me? Is it okay? What would I, or what can I expect? Dot, dot, dot. There are a lot of questions coming up around medicine. Well, let's see if we can't jump into it and see if we can't answer some of those questions for everyone. The topic of medicine really requires individual assessment. Today, we're going to talk about it more generally and the way I practice it in my office. But every situation is unique. If someone out there feels like they would want to consider medicine as an option for them, I urge them to speak to their healthcare providers. I realize these feelings are extremely overwhelming and can put people into crisis mode. If you are feeling overwhelmed and having thoughts of self-harm or fears of their own thoughts, I urge you to call a crisis line or your healthcare provider or 911. So Debbie, you are seeing in your office every day people who are on different medications for anxiety and stress and trauma. I think there's no one who isn't feeling a heightened sense of all of that right now with what's going on. What's your best advice about medication and whether or not people who are considering getting it should get it? So yes, a lot of people have been coming in and asking about how they should be coping right now. Not only friends, but my patients are wondering if they need to shift gears because they are running that much higher with anxiety. And even some depression has set in because of the isolation. So I do have a lot of patients who are not on meds. They're taking supplements or they're doing therapeutic techniques to cope. But I've gotten calls from people wondering if it's time to start medication. I think your question is, how do we determine if it's a time to go from breathing techniques and meditation and all of those wonderful support systems to a higher level of treatment, which could consider meds. I think the answer that I have for that is if you are employing all of your self-help techniques and all your coping mechanisms, and they're not keeping the depression or anxiety at bay, which really means 
you're not functioning the way you need to be for yourself or your family, that's when it's worth starting that discussion. So I can give you an example or two. I have a client who has always run anxious, but she's always been doing therapeutic techniques. And she just comes in and talks to me. A couple of weeks ago, she said, you know what? I'm crying all the time. I just can't handle this. I'm not able to help my parents who live nearby. I can't go shopping. I can't leave the house. I'm worried all the time. So her level of functioning has fallen down a few rungs. She's not able to even get out of bed. So this particular patient was noting she wasn't able to attend to her, what we call activities of daily living. She couldn't get out of bed. She didn't have any motivation to shower. She wasn't able to even reach out to call friends. She was isolating and she was afraid to leave the house. So that's a perfect example of someone who I would say, yeah, I think it's probably a good time to consider medicine because what the medicine provides is just kind of a stepping stool to get back to where you were before or where you're supposed to be in terms of functioning. So you you can actually engage in the therapy you're doing or engage in your good coping mechanisms like going on a jog or exercising or being out with your dogs or talking on the phone with friends. Meds can be considered sometimes a bridge to the other side. So how quickly do they work though? Because I it seems like there's a long ramp up and people have a lot of difficulty finding exactly the right medication for themselves and, and the right dosing. Absolutely. Yes, the ramp up for a medicine to get to a steady state in someone's brain takes about three to six weeks. I tell people they should be expecting to turn a corner around week four. It does sound like a long time away, but I give them a lot of other tools that they can hold on to or practice while they're ramping up to that point. That may be being in touch a lot more and necessitating structures as well as keeping people in their lives, bringing their closer people into the conversation conversation. So we make sure that they've got other eyes on them and that they're okay during that time. So if you're generally speaking to the person who just feels anxious, and particularly with the uncertainty about where we'll even be in two or three weeks relative to how we're living today, what's your best advice for people who are looking at medication as an alternative? How do you feel about introducing medication? And what criteria should people be looking at specifically to decide if it's right for them? I often tell people, you know, they really have to be honest with themselves about their level of functionality. And if they are not able to take care of themselves, that's one really huge indicator that meds could be really helpful or probably should be introduced. But I also tell people sometimes we need to include family members. So we have another set of eyes on that person, as well as a voice to come in and work with us as a team so that we're making a good family decision for that person in the family. I, of course, don't jump to meds. I want to really make sure that they're doing everything in their power to make sure they're eating well, sleeping well, getting out and exercising to increase their own endorphins, being in nature, being with their animals, if they have them and talking to their loved ones or closest people. So I really push people to be honest about what they're doing for themselves because a lot of people are sitting and spending all day on the phone or all day on screens and they're not sleeping well and they're drinking a lot or they're using other forms of numbing 
to get through this time. And I think all of those things can increase depression and anxiety. I think you just offered us really good, solid ways to think about this. And that's for probably the person who's sitting at home with just a lot of anxiety. What do you know about the people who are recovering from COVID? Because there's a lot of conversation around difficulty if they've been hospitalized, if they've gone through that trauma. Where does medication fit or not fit into those people and and what they're trying to deal with? Well, I have to say in general, I think a lot of people worry about medicine and there's a giant stigma around medicine and psychiatry and psychology or the world of psychotherapy. I try to demystify psychiatric meds or antidepressants and anti-anxiety meds as much as I can. And I ask people to look at it with as a cost-benefit ratio. I say, I want you to consider what are the costs of you continuing as you are right now on this track. If you are continuously fearful of leaving the home because of irrational fear, or if you are self-isolating because of depression, what are the long-term effects of that on your body? And the answer is, you know, not good. That is, can be a very scary place, a really dark place. If we're looking at a really dark place versus a trial of medication, I think it's very clear in my mind, because I'm not afraid of medication and I work really hard to avoid any potential negative side effects when we do a med trial or the best we can do. But there are so many good medications out there that can match someone's brain physiology so that they really don't need to undergo six weeks of negative side effects in order to gain the benefits. If there's someone listening who's considering reaching out to a psychiatrist because they do deem themselves as ready to take those next steps because they they meet the criteria you've laid out and they've never been to a psychiatrist and this is not the time when you can go necessarily meet people and figure out who do you fit well with, who's the best match. What do you recommend? Wow. That's an excellent question because I have some friends who've been reaching out to me to find psychiatrists for themselves or their kids. And I just got a text today from a friend saying she only got in for an appointment in July and that is using her insurance. So the demand is huge and the supply is low and not enough. There are not enough psychiatrists who take insurance and who are easily accessible out there at this point. There are a lot of doctors who do not take insurance, but they're booked as well. I don't have a fantastic answer for you. Assuming they can find someone, what criteria should they use given they can't sit in an office with somebody? What what are the red flags? What should people be looking for when they are trying to establish a relationship with a psychiatrist? Take the first one you can get? given the times and get on something? I think you need to shop around. I have had people call me and they're shopping around. I just had two conversations this week with different women about if I would be a good fit for them. These particular people, and this is what I'd recommend to others, you know, is go online and look at someone's website, read and understand the mission statement that that person has or the approach to learn about who they are and then give them a call and have a five minute conversation on the phone about their practices and their approach, usually through a phone call and some of the profile information on their website. If they have one, they can really get an idea of how someone would work with them. I think they have to ask important questions. I think the questions to ask are, do you take insurance? And if you don't, do you offer super bills? So I could have some reimbursement. How do you manage medicine? And how accessible are you if I'm having trouble with my medicine? How long will it take me to feel better? And what will I feel? What should I expect? 
what do I do in a crisis? How am I going to reach you? And if you're working with a therapist, which I recommend anyone who's getting on medicine to be working with a therapist, because it may be not, this time is a little bit different, but usually when anyone's getting on medicine during any other time, there are usually underlying issues that need to be worked out. And that should be done with the support of a therapist. It's a bit of a team approach. To go back to the questions and criteria, the psychiatrist has to be asked if they will be willing to work with the therapist as a team, because you really want your practitioners to be working as a team together to understand what's going on with you and to communicate if you're not doing well or if the patient isn't doing well. I think it's important to know that during this time of COVID, it is different to be doing interviews online on Zoom or on the phone. But what I have found is you can create a therapeutic alliance with someone no matter what. We are all going through this together. And I've had probably 10 new patients in the last couple of weeks. Everyone is getting me and I get them. Whether there's a screen between us, it doesn't seem to matter. I think people need to feel brave enough to just make the phone call. And if they don't really like what they're hearing on the other line or other end of the line, and they don't feel like chemistry with that doctor, I think they need to honor that and move on and make another phone call. I think one of the most crucial things that's coming up right now is that people are experiencing something they've never experienced before. And there is a lot of fear. There's more depression. There's more anxiety all around. And I think if you out there are feeling a little fear about your thoughts and feelings, I think the main thing I recommend is talking to someone who you trust, whether it's a parent, a sibling, a friend. I just think breaking the isolation verbally is so important right now, because if you need more help, you need to know how to get out and get that help. And I think someone else can help you and hear you. That's super important. Let me ask you this. I think people's fear of reaching out to people is based on seeming that they're not strong enough to get through this crisis. They don't want the other people around them to see their fear. What's your recommendation? What do you say to them? Well, I think that depends on how deep and dark it is. I think if you are an adult with something deep and dark going on right now and a giant fear, you need to reach out to your nearest trusted adult who you do deem strong enough to hold this information because it isn't information for your children to hold for you. If you're in a pretty good place, I think it's important to talk about fear as a family and just put it out there that we're all going through it together. But if you're really in a dark, scary place, you need to find someone you trust who is strong enough to help you find a solution. I want to point out that medicine can be used just for now. There are situations that can be helped by medicine for the short term. And I think there are a lot of people who are considering it in that regard because they don't have an underlying predisposition to depression or anxiety in general, but they're suffering right now. And in order to get through this really painful time, I think it can be very appropriate to have a short course of medication management to get through this. And then we peel it off. What can people expect? Will they stop feeling anxious? I think people can expect to feel more grounded, not to feel as overwhelmed, to feel boosted if they're in a depression, so they can actually wake up and make a logical plan for their day. So just to be clear, though, this is not an answer for people who are just feeling anxious because of the situation. This is for people who have stopped functioning at a level they need to be able to function at to get through this crisis. Is that what you're saying? Correct. 
Exactly. And I think if they have any question about it, they just need to reach out and ask a professional to find out if it's appropriate for them. That's great advice. Let me ask you this. People who were on medication going into this crisis, are you finding that they have to adjust their medications for this new layer of stress? Yes, I have a handful of people who are finding their anxieties breaking through the medicine that they're currently on. So for the short term, we are agreeing to go up or bump up their meds for the next couple of months. And then we're going to revisit in the summertime to see how things are. And then we would most likely reduce them again. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you learned something. Please remember, you can always reach us at COVIDScream, C-O-V-I-D-S-C-R-E-A-M, like, ah, COVIDScream at gmail.com. We would love your input. We would love to know what you're doing to help with your anxiety, depression, what tools you're using, apps you're using, techniques, things that have brought you light in these darker days. Please share with us and we will put it out there for other people to benefit from too. Or perhaps you're a mental health professional and you have something to add. Please reach out to us. We're here. We're here for you. Wish you all safety and health. And we will be back with more episodes soon.